Warning, the following episode contains adult language and screaming goats. Listener discretion is advised. The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. This week on The Pinball Show, Dennis and I discuss demolition derbies, rumor fatigue, stern pinball production updates, filling in scheduling holes, updated thoughts on Venom, as well as Venom's sales in the current pinball product marketplace and sales landscape, how stern pinball may continue to entice future LE buyers, teasing a Stranger Things pinball rerun later this year, why spending $10 million on the Harry Potter pinball license may not be a bad idea, giving the community what they want in new pinball titles, 90s action film themes, He-Man pinball talk, exclusive TPS club content on what is wrong with competitive pinball and rumors of an industry changing event that may shake up the convention landscape in 2024, as well as pinball market trends and deal of the week. We bring you the goods even if you have an oversized helmet inflicted ear wound. You're welcome. And I don't know if I've ever been real in love. Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. Not well, I still need you around. It's time for the Pinball Show. You don't own me. We might change, yeah. It's Pinball yeah. with personality. We just might feel good. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's the Pinball Show. It's episode 134 with Dennis Creasel and myself, Zach Manny. How's everybody doing this week? Dennis, how in the hell are you? I'm fine, and they're fine as well. We are all fine. Almost as fine as a demolition derby in the heat of the summer. Oh, my grandpa used to say, fine as frogs here, split three ways. Speaking mm. of demolition derby, thanks for the uh, layup there, buddy. Have you ever been to a demolition derby? You know, maybe one. I think perhaps one. It was, <laughs> was long enough, ago, huh? in the before times, when the gas was still leaded. <laughs> yeah, so our our county fair was occurring this last weekend, and my wife, she has been wanting to see a demolition derby. Back to our whenever we were knee-high to a grasshopper, we would go to the county fair, even as middle schoolers and high schoolers, Nicole and I, uh, dating then as well, we would do, we'd go to the fair and ride the rides and, and uh, eat the haystack. Do you know what a haystack is, Dennis? That's my favorite, haystack. Mm, well, since you said you eat it, I must not, because I literally thought of a barn with hay stacked in <laughs> rectangular uh, bales, I'm which like is a, how we would feed the uh, cows. cows. I'm like chewing cows my cud on the farm right in now. Arkansas. No, yeah. I'm not eating that kind of haystack. A haystack is it's like an open Frito. It can also be in an open paper basket uh, or an open whatever, but it's an open Frito bag. Half the Fritos probably poured out, then chili scooped into said Frito bag, and then cheese okay. and onion and stuff on top, almost like a uh, a mixture, a concoction of, of chili and cheese and Frito yumminess. Okay, I've heard of the. I didn't know the name of it. I've heard mm. of this actual combination though, and so that is, that is very good. So good. Uh, okay. But I digress. So she wanted to. She's she's a country girl, and I love that about her. And she wanted to go see the demolition derby. We have missed it for several years now, and do we say, you know what? We're going to go see the demolition derby. Uh, now overhead, the problem. And we're just getting back from vacation too. So I was dog ass tired. Went to a family reunion. Now we got to go to this. 
So we go to it, and all of a sudden, you see coming over the skyline the darkest, dankest clouds. They were the darkest and dankest of clouds. Yes, they were full. It's coming home. Full of Jesus juice, just ready to pour down on us. Uh, Is that what the kids call it? Jesus juice, or is that something different? I think that's something different. I think it might be too. No, I don't think it might. Decaffeinated Jesus juice was coming down, caffeinated, whatever you want to call it. Kids drink the prime nowadays, and it's very worrisome with caffeine. You've probably deal with that in healthcare. So it's about to rain, but they're going to try to squeeze in the first event of the demolition derby. Hot damn. And once I found out what it was, listener, I put my palms on my face. It was my first thought, Dennis. I cannot wait to tell the world that this is a fucking thing in Southern Indiana. (laughs) And it was the following. They were like, hey, crowd. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to probably do a rain check. We're gonna have to delay because of rain. Rain's pouring in from the from the northeast. We're gonna have a rain delay, but we're gonna try to squeeze in the first event, which is children's demolition derby. <laughs> I, I so I shit you not. So I'm like, wait a minute, what? Won't someone think of the children? <laughs> yes. I guess they so, did. So not only are they putting these kids out here with lightning kind of distant in the background, then they have these kids in power wheels. And when I say kids, listener, I truly mean like brain developing still like five-year-olds to 10-year-olds in power wheels that their redneck dad with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth has probably jacked up in the in the garage to go faster than it's supposed to and they, <laughs> yeah it's basically the default but i gave it a combustion engine and these poor kids had adult size like motorcycle helmets on that were bobbling around and these fucking <laughs> kids were doing a demo derby hitting each other whiplashing their heads snapping back and forth <laughs> I I could hardly watch it. Like the the previous psychologist in me was like, "Oh no, this is really really bad." These poor frontal lobes, like just being smashed on the front of the skull over and over and over again. Uh, but I couldn't turn away. <laughs> I, I could not. It was like a telenovela. I I could not turn away mm. from it. But these poor kids, half of them crying at points whenever they really got jackknifed, and <laughs> just their little bobbly heads just bouncing back and forth oh and i i looked around i'm like is it like am i fucking taking crazy is this uh, okay like i felt like i went into an eyes wide shut kind of thing where i there i was in a cult and everybody was cool with it but i'm like oh shit i don't know if the, we should be doing this so yeah children's demolition derby uh in lightning with those poor whiplash injured children. One one kid got hit so hard, Dennis. He like held his ear. I think his ear was like bleeding. He held his ear and they just were like, they seen that as like a blood in the water. And it was like prayer. It was like, <laughs> man. Oh, no. And he had the littlest hot wheel. So they were like, <laughs> get his ass. He's, he's injured. Oh, oh man. Hot wheel. <laughs> his parents didn't understand. <laughs> they just bought one. It was off the shelf. Yeah. It was. It was not modded. It was the small like it was the small was one. No oh man. So yeah. That was the highlight. And wow. every, yeah, everybody just thought that was normal. Except for me. Yeah. I'm like, it, oh my yeah. god. You know, I don't 
I don't know. It reminds me of uh, my uh, my grandfather's third wife. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, we, we called her Grandma Holly, which she hated because I think she was younger than my mom. Grandma cute. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, uh, she was she worked in radiology. Okay. And in Colorado, and this sort of behavior, they saw, uh, rodeo parents are like this. Oh, yeah. Apparently. yeah. So she talked about how like they'd be these little kids that would come in from their, you know, the kids ver- rodeo and they're coming in with broken arms and like their dads are telling them, don't cry. Yeah. Don't you cry, boy. Because you got to be tough. Yeah, that's don't right. Don't you cry. Don't you show p- tears. Don't you be a pussy. Broken bones are normal. Pull together. That's, that's right. <laughs> I, I'm so ashamed of you now. I don't know if it because I, I have no son. So, <laughs> I, I don't know whether it's just the changing of times because. A lot of this stuff that people turn their nose up to, I'm still like, eh, whatever. But I, I'm like, is this truly me worrying about their little, uh, you know, front lobes or what? What is this? No, you're watching. You're actually watching the potential creation of criminals. Uh, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, Phineas Gage out here. Where's the rod at? Smash him. Ooh. It's like, oh, well, little Timmy's going to have anger aggression issues permanently <laughs> moving <laughs> forward. That's right. This poor amygdala. Oh, no. I enjoyed my haystack while I watched. It was. A- <laughs> but I want you to just to imagine how much better it would have been had they done it in the rain. Oh, my gosh. One of them's drowning in the mud. Help me. <laughs> it's like, welcome to Verdun. <laughs> That's a World War One reference for you folks. Only look it up if you have a strong constitution. We we were ready for it because they were like, we'll still facilitate this race in the in the rain. It's the man trying to bring us down with the lightning and such. So go find shelter. <laughs> they were like, find shelter for the next hour. <laughs> this is after the kitty race. The storm is coming. Return yeah. to your homes. Nicole's like, do we want to go? I'm like, I'm not going into a open shed metal building. Like, no, <laughs> we're going home. What goes in there hanging up are like all the sides and rotor blades. Sardine people in, yeah, with livestock. This is great. Just exposed edge sheet metal everywhere. Gosh. Wow. So, yeah, that was Uh, my my weekend. uh, Wow. Well, that was fun. I've just been working. Working on your sin bed. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Hosted a game night. People wanted to play pinball. Had some uh, friends over from Seattle uh, who had not been playing pinball in Seattle, which oh. I told them, you guys have a really impressive pinball <laughs> scene up there. You know, you can go to a lot of barcades. Check that out. But anyway, like it's no Kansas uh, City. Come on. So we put in uh, we put in some four player games on it. We didn't play everything I had, but I would say so the listeners know the the reactions were yeah, Sinbad was hated. They just died way too quick. Maybe I should have started them on Sin, uh, Sinbad so they could have played an older game first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they were fairly indifferent to Hoops and Godzilla. Star Trek and Deadpool were the most popular, and I think oh, Deadpool yeah. uh, by far was was. I think they just kind of understood the they liked the. Uh, like how funny it was. Yeah. And the shots were like, it was easy for me to explain, shoot this one scoop spot and you're going to start your battles. Mm-hmm. And then otherwise they're like, why are we collecting burritos? And I was like, those are not burritos. Those are chimichangas. Do you not know anything? <laughs> you're like, but don't, uh, that's another story. Yeah. That's another story. Like, oh, okay. Well, we want them, right? Like, well, yeah. Well, it's one of the it. things you can go for. That's right. And they, lo- and they liked little Deadpool. Well, they did like that. Funko yeah. Because little Deadpool was like, why is this, why is it, why is he on the play field and why is he cute? And then they heard him being all adorable and they're like, oh, his head bobbles. I'm like, yeah, oh, this is, this unicorn. is Stern's, yeah. this is Stern's high dollar toy, Deadpool on a spring, <laughs> inspired by TIE Fighter on a spring. 
Do you think that Craig Bobby would do well in a demolition derby? You know, my fear is that Craig would disguise himself as that <laughs> stock, like, oh. non-modded uh, Hot Wheel, <laughs> and I, I would worry for it. I, I would it worry a, for it. It was a little blue, like yeah. Spider-Man uh, <laughs> Hot Wheels. Like, Dad didn't even this mod is, it up to look like Grave Digger or this nothing. This is how Venoms are created. That boy is going to be like, I need a symbiote. This is a bunch of nonsense. I, look, I swear to you, Nicole was like, I guarantee you next year, that little boy's going to come back and he's going to kick everybody's ass. Like, he's, he's now been shamed and he's going to come back with shamed. a vengeance. Yeah. yeah. So she was she was wanting to come back next he's year. Gonna so wear, he's going to wear one of those helmets from Mad Max 2 or something. <laughs> He's got the mouth harness, the Bane mouth guard. Yeah. You are nearly a doctor demolition derby. I was born to it. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Pinball Show's Top Stories. I'm Craig Bobby. Well, the Venom release from Stern Pinball has come and gone as has the annual San Diego Comic-Con, which is always a flurry of activity and rumors as the world of movies, video games, comics, music, cosplay, and pinball collide in an amazing mashup of awesomeness. But now that the smell of weed, nerd BO, and pinball FOMO has finally settled down somewhat, we can look back and try and determine how successful was the Venom launch for Stern Pinball and what potential fans and buyers' reactions have been to Brian Eddy's latest pinball creation. Well, despite being a gorgeous-looking machine on all three trim levels, thanks to the amazing art package from the king-of-all-pinball artist Zombie Yeti, it appears Stern's Venom machine may not be selling quite as fast as previously released Stern titles like Foo Fighters, Mandalorian, or even James Bond. Say what? Yes, after two post-release streams with Jack Danger to showcase Stern's premium LE and Pro edition models of Venom over the last two weeks, potential buyers of the game that were not already committed to purchasing one have remained on the fence, leaving many distributors with unspoken LE machines left in their factory allocations and have reported lukewarm sales so far on the pro and premium trims as well. Now it's not unusual for buyers to be a little fickle in the heat of the moment once a reveal has been made by any of the major manufacturers. People are rolling mainly on hype, conjecture, and their own ideas on what these machines may or may not look like and play like based on the very little real pre-release information that pinheads have access to. So when Eddie's fan layout was finally revealed against the albeit award-winning artistry of Zombie Yeti, People seem to be pressing the pause button on if they wanted to purchase this newest cornerstone release from Stern. According to a recent online survey by YouTube pinball reviewer and popular pinball media personality Kerry Hardy, thousands of his viewers claiming that those who were choosing not to buy were doing so based on Stern's higher pricing structure for all three trim levels, a weaker game theme in the comic book version of Venom, and Brian Eddy's predictable fan layout as their main drivers for waiting. 
Now I will say that I believe Stern's innovative rapid lock system in this game has continued to spark interest in this title despite what some are calling a growing fatigue for Marvel themed products and movies. Yes, the rapid ball lock mechs which once fully loaded with balls during gameplay fireballs back at the player almost instantly once targets or rollovers are triggered, providing blisteringly fast gameplay and ball returns which may provide an unexpected level of difficulty and excitement despite a rather obvious and less exciting fan layout for Venom. I will say that Dwight Sullivan's always evolving and creative code for this game continues to be another bright spot for this title so far that could also be a game and sales driver for Venom down the road as the code matures further and more players finally get their hands on this title. Last year's cancellation of Venom and the strange presence of Todd McFarlane and Ozzy Osbourne in the Stern booth at last year's San Diego Comic Con, despite having what appears to be now zero involvement with Stern's Venom machine, also can't be left unsaid as one of Stern's more bizarre and baffling marketing missteps with just a ton of wasted hype from McFarlane or Ozzy's assumed involvement in the Venom title that actually didn't exist upon the game's launch. Now while I am not disagreeing with these above reasons for buyers hesitation or downright trending down of Venom, I am going to also be a bit of an optimist here and point again back to Brian Eddy's first comeback design in Stranger Things that also had sluggish sales at the start of its production run back in 2019. But once fans got their hands on that machine and the code continued to get developed, people realized what a fun and immersive pinball experience Stranger Things actually was, to the point that demand for that game continues to be sky high on the aftermarket and is a source of one of the most talked about and upcoming production rumors for Stern, which is a vaulted Stranger Things in 2024 for Stern as Netflix releases their fifth and final season of that now iconic TV series. But you guessed it, we shall have to wait and see. So have no fear Venom and Stern fans, it's very early days for this title to deem it a sales success or failure as Stern begins to now ship units into locations and homes around the globe which will allow the pinball playing public a chance to finally play and experience Venom pinball for themselves. And quickly to round out this week's top stories, courtesy of Nap Arcade, we have persistent rumors that Stern has purchased the licensing for and are developing a John Wick pinball machine, and American Pinball has the license for the 80s cartoon series He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Wait for it. By the power of Grayskull. And over at Jersey Jack Pinball, we have more Harry Potter news from theme spoiler and pinball producer Joe Kamenkow again, where he claims that he had offered Warner Brothers $4 million for the Harry Potter license to no avail. Again, courtesy of the pinball news site Nap Arcade is hearing that despite all of the noise that Jersey Jack has the Harry Potter license, that it will not be a license that will contain all of the Harry Potter assets. <laughs> 
would be just crazy. Rumor has it that Warner Brothers wants a whopping $10 million for the licensing fee for a full asset Harry Potter pinball machine, and that JJP or another pinball company did purchase a generic Harry Potter license based on the famous Hogwarts school from Harry Potter, which cost a much more reasonable $800,000. What might a Hogwarts school pinball machine look like, you might ask? Well, think along the lines of the new video game Hogwarts Legacy, or in pinball terms, think of the lack of assets in Stern's Jurassic Park. Oh god damn it, oh god damn it. And in code news this week, we have new code from Spooky Pinball for their Scooby-Doo pinball machine, featuring a new code mode for Daphne. Mm? Ruby Roo! Yeah! <laughs> well, that's all for this week. For the Pinball Show, I'm Craig Bobby. Catch you on the flip side. Thanks again, Craig Bobby. Much appreciated. That's a lot of... A lot of stories to cover this episode. I think we can do it, though, Dennis. We'll start with Stern Pinball. In the news, as always, production updates. This last week or two, they've been shipping Avengers Premium pinball machines, as well as Godzilla Premiums, Foo Fighters Pro, and Premium Machines. So a lot of different titles uh, as they are closing out, getting ready to do the big move. They're making all types of stuff over there. And really, honestly, listener, catching very much up on uh, on the backlogs of many a dealer's back order list. So uh, we're getting close to just full in stock. Uh, we'll talk about the one title that still rules them all here soon, uh, but that's what's been shipping. In August here, we still have Jurassic Park Pros uh, that are going to be rolling out before the move. I did get an update. The move looks like it's going to happen mid-August now. I was estimating it to be the beginning of August. It's mid-August. Mid-August is going to be the big move for Stern Pinball. So I anticipate them cranking out some Jurassic Parks over the next week or so and then going towards the move. And then I guess at the end of August, rolling out those location Venom Pros, um, probably from that new factory, and then rolling into mid-September being the Venom LEs, late September being Venom Premiums, and then October, as we said before, Deadpool Pro and Premiums, as well as a very small run of Foo Fighter Pro and Premiums. Now here's the change for listeners, Dennis. Remember, we had that big hole in November. Uh, mm, the hole that I said was probably going to be filled with either Foo Fighters or Godzillas. Well, you did say that. It didn't make for interesting podcasting, but you did say that. And lo and behold, we have, a, I think, a partial hole fill, right? Don't you hate that when you can't fill the hole? Mm. The entirety of the hole. And it sounded better in my, in my yeah, mind. Yeah, this isn't really working. So so what what's going to be the proverbial hot dog in the hallway? Yeah, and sadly, he might be big, but he also may be small. It's Godzilla. We're getting uh, Godzilla premiums. They're calling it, you know, November, December-ish, a run there. So Godzilla, king of monsters, not king of hallways. <laughs> Can't you see Godzilla with the little wiener? <laughs> like, he's so big. Uh, poor guy. Yeah, radioactive and huge, but hung like an exilian. <laughs> Silly. Godzilla premiums are now uh, November, December-ish. I still think that leaves room. We'll talk about later what could fill that spot, but November, December-ish. <sighs> you are so desperate maybe. for it to be something interesting. And maybe, but James. is Godzilla premium not interesting? A lot? Why can you not be amused by Mecha Godzilla tummy grab? Hey, I still have backwards, so yeah, I'm, I'm exactly. Good with that. This I'm is good needed. With that. Yeah, let them fight. 
James Bond 007 Pro and Premiums happening still in December. If not moved out, we'll see. I don't know why everybody's talking about like, oh, February is when we get. uh, No, February, we get nothing in February. What happens is December, late December, we get an announcement. And January, early January, into the end of January is when they start producing location pros for a cornerstone. It's happened like the last three years. I don't know why. People keep on not. They keep, people keep I think a lot of them that. actually just end up playing it in February, so they're kind of conflating it. Maybe that's it. And then March is when they typically will announce if they do another cornerstone like Foo Fighters. They announce it then, and then April's kind of when we start seeing those roll out of the factory. March being a lot of show times like TPF and Louisville show and stuff. So that's how that happens. Twenty twenty four still Star Wars and Mandalorian bumped back into there as well as I think. Uh, I think they still plan to do an Iron Maiden run as of right now. That'll be probably summer or second half of 2024. Mm. Uh, But they didn't say, because we were wondering, is it, is it canceled? Is it done? Uh, No, they still plan to run it. It could always change, but uh, it's not going to be until later on next year. But, but what about Rush? Right. A might want to, might want to lay down for this one. (laughs) Watch, he's going to make you sons of bitches. It's coming in November, and I can't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) Getty Lee can fill that hallway. Accessories update. This last week, they they were shipping their James Bond 007 toppers, art blades, shooter rods. It was all all coming out. I didn't get the armor yet. I don't know if that was just a me thing. I don't don't think any dealers got that. But the armor likely this week coming. But it was nice to see a quick turnaround on announcement and release of the James Bond stuff. Woohoo. Avengers Armor's been shipping this past week as well. And people are primed up for that. I, I thought that would just kind of sit in inventory. You know, nah, it's getting sucked up pretty quick. August is still Iron Maiden Aces High Topper and the Elvira Topper towards the end of the month there. October is Avengers Topper to go with that armor that you got. November is going to be the second run of those Rush Toppers and Expression Lighting. And Q1 of 2024 is the second run of Godzilla Topper. But on to Venom. Did you know, did you know that web. the voice of Venom in the in the pinball machine is Tony Todd, the no, Candyman? I, I read that. I'd read that uh, when the announcement came out, but then I didn't see a confirmation. The voice sounded that way to me, though, and I yeah. believe he has voiced Venom in cartoon form. Oh, okay, I don't know. but of course, I, to me, he's always Candyman. Oh, it's so iconic for Candyman. He did. Mm. He is Candyman. Nobody can ever. Take but it away but there me. was oh, when someone, I think it was on one of the Facebook threads, someone had mentioned that Tony was doing the voicing for, for Venom and someone goes, oh, my favorite Klingon. And I was like, oh, he actually played several Klingons for Star Trek. Uh, I did not know that either. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. They're pretty good. Wow. Yeah. I think of what a great voiceover. I also loved his character in The Rock. Again. I don't listen to soft ass shit. <laughs> I'm going to have to IMDB this guy. I just, Candyman. I know him as Candyman. And mm, yeah. Have it. you seen The Rock with Sean Connery? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but I just yeah, don't remember the, him. He's I mean, the he's the mercenary. And, the, of course and he Nick is. Cage goes, and Nick Cage goes, uh, do you know the song Rocket Man? And that's where the I need to go ass. back and watch. I haven't watched that film for a while. It I is. I eat a peach for hours. It is. Yes. <laughs> no, that's face <laughs> yeah, off. That's a uh, face off. Uh, <laughs> that's face off. But um, the... Uh, uh yeah no the rock is not only michael bay's best film um it is i think the best action movie to have ever been made Mm, 
you hear that, Stern? Let's get a pen going on The Rock. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure getting Nick Cage to do voice work won't be that expensive. So We need to go back into the 90s for those 90s action you know i I have this i know some people are excited to move past the dad rock and like foo fighters is the gateway to that but to me foo fighters is going is supposed to be the gateway to 90s films which i want to explore Uh, that's where i want to go 90s films because Mm -hmm. my wife and i just watched her favorite movie oh this is why i love this woman didn't her favorite film of all time is none other than the keanu reeves starred and sandra bullock action thriller speed Mm. And I would love to have a, a pinball machine around. I think it's hokey enough in uh, pop culture that having Keanu Reeves be it like his breakout performance. Don't slow down under 50. <laughs> that would be great as a pinball machine. I mean, there there are so many. Uh, I, 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 again, licenses became bigger, especially with Daddy East slash Sega in the 90s, that we did get a number of movies. <laughs> Independence but, Day. We got some good yeah, stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but there there are plenty like Men in Black. That, Why didn't we get Men in Black? Work. That's from nine. That's that from really ninety seven. We we should have had Men in Black. Yeah, that would um, work. Timing not great with Will Smith right now, but no, no. I but I'm just but back then the timing still holds. It still the timing holds. would have been would have been perfect. Uh, how about a Brendan Fa- Fraser classic, The Mummy? That was oh, ninety nine. That's Greg Bones, like one of his dream mm. themes, the Brendan oh, it's a, Fraser movie. It's a mummy. great movie. It it's really is. It's a great, is. fun movie. I was thinking you were going to go Brendan Fraser and Sino Man. I don't know about that one with Pinball, but. <laughs> He's the caveman. <sighs> yes. Man, there's so many good 90s films. That we've got a. Uh, how about the another '97 movie? How about the Tommy Lee Jones classic Volcano? <laughs> oh no, not that again! Why is that referenced so much on this podcast? Oh, for Tommy Lee Jones. We are, we already got uh, Batman Forever. Is that not enough? I don't think I've still never played Batman Forever. It's a you know I want you know I want Event Horizon. That was also '97, incidentally. Oh God. Mama you like comedy? You do Lake Placid, comedy action combined. That's not remember Lake the Placid? comedy films in the '90s that were the greatest. You still poo poo. I'm wearing a Billy Madison shirt right now, right now. It's uh, for all the listeners of Billy I mean, Madison. A Billy Madison there, would yeah. sell, so I can't say it's a bad. Happy pick. Gilmore. Oh. Hey, Spooky Boy. Spooky could do seven. What's in the box? Uh, yes, right. The box has to be a toy. Uh, with his wife's head bobbling out. Well, <laughs> wife's head on a spring. <laughs> wife's head on a spring. Inspired by the Tie Fighter on a spring. What's in the box? Uh, you you want to you want to you want to get the get the golf crowd the crow. Oh man, that would be a. Con- I think that one actually might work for a lot of people. I think it, yeah, it could, uh, it especially. Could. I, mean, I was never into it, but I, I, I it yeah, I didn't know the character or anything, but uh, you know, there's a whole history involved. Uh, tremors. What about Tremors? That was Give from me 90. some Kevin Bacon Tremors. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Who else is 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 Reba in it? I uh, possibly I forgot that. What's the main guy? He plays in all these films. I forget. He was he was the surly one. Oh, that was trying <laughs> was, to teach Kevin um, Bacon the the, the uh, way of right, the Tremors. Uh, Fred Ward was that Fred Ward? It might have been. If you play, play in or, or do you mean the? Because they had so yeah, Reba Reba McIntyre was it in was it. She Fred was, Ward. That's exactly what I'm yeah. talking about. Okay, yeah. Good call. <laughs> Fred Ward. Fred, Fred Ward. Ward plays one character. Surly <laughs> Reba so McIntyre. Like, I think that's who you mean. But yep, Reba um, plays. Uh, 
She, she was the wife to to Michael Gross's character, the the Gummers, the with all the firearms. Yeah, she plays. Uh, She's Heather, Heather Gummer. Gummer. <laughs> yep, Heather and Burt Gummer. <laughs> and Michael Gross was in it. Remember from yeah, Family yeah, Ties? he's her, he's her husband. <sighs> okay. See, all that's right. what that's what could be farmed. And There's even so Victor much Wong stuff. is in it. That guy was amazing mm. in everything. Victor Wong was uh, Big Trouble in Little China, and he was mm. in yes, Three Ninjas. Yes. Remember Three Ninjas? Yes, I remember Three. I don't think we need Three Ninjas. But. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> a few good men. I don't know about a law drama, <laughs> but but, but <laughs> I want the truth, multi-ball. Does that uh, work? It's got to be yeah, a hurry it up. Not, it might not work. I'm not it's sure. It's got to be a hurry up. You anyway. know what? As we're, we're falling into the trap of talking about themes on a podcast, I got to tell you, we'll, ju- we'll jump into discussion of Venom here in a second, but is it just me or... I, I'm kind of getting pinball media out on rumors. Like I, I'd never thought that I would be disinterested in rumor titles coming up, but honestly, Dennis, after this last couple months, like I'm fuck, I don't fucking care. I, I could care less because nothing seems concrete. It's all willy nilly. It's just, I'm kind of over it. It's so it's so pervasive at this point. I Ugh. dropped Rumor Corner off of EGP. I heard that, and I yep. actually applauded I like, it. I'm like, I good like, for you. I, I can't. I can't. This is like Ugh. just over it. The, uh, the the meta commentary that was Rumor Corner on the discussion of rumors has now kind of it feels like it it 180. <laughs> Even <laughs> and everyone just, is just kind of ashamed of worse, itself. Kind of worse about it now, and you're not my sort son. Of, <laughs> but i am that i am a rumor <laughs> it's just poor poor little rumor corner is now is now the stock hot wheels vehicle in the pit oh, of the oh, demolition derby spider-man yeah it's, i don't know i don't know why that came up it's just lately i'm like oh it's like you just throw something and it's a rumor all of a sudden i just eh. well yeah i, don't I mean it's always been that way it's yeah just, but it there seems was some, like there was some stock behind it there was some you know what if it, i'm putting this out there i feel really good about it. i have some, maybe there know. was but i think some people just acted that way here's my theory here's my, and let's see listeners you can write into the pinball show at gmail.com and let zach know whether or not you agree with this theory my theory on this and why it's happened now is we're in this really strange time where we had all of these game drops, especially early in the year, mm. March in particular, where you remember, every, like, I mean, a lot of people still hadn't even experienced Scooby-Doo yet. And then sure. all of this stuff, Foo Fighters and Galactic Tank Force and Godfather, you know, you know, the, you know, all of them. So I think because there was that huge, like, glut of titles to talk about. People are now filling the vacuum of that experience, like that dopamine high they don't want to lose. And they're just dumping rumors in to try and fill it Mm. like we're supposed to expect six titles to talk about at any given time. And it's just not something we were ever used to. And I I think people don't know how to react to it. And the way they're doing it is I want to act like there's always six almost pending games at any moment. And the only way to feed that is with an exponential number of rumors that to possibly fill that half dozen slots. That makes so sense. That's my that's my current working theory, but yeah, it actually does make sense. So Venom, we'll that's not a rumor. We'll jump that's a reality. All right. So since we've been since we've recorded last listener, you heard our initial impressions of just the we didn't at that point in time have any gameplay uh, that Dennis and I analyzed. We looked at the pictures and the the preview via sizzle reel of of Stern Pinball's Venom. 
since then, we have now seen, I speak for myself, seen some gameplay at uh, Comic-Con from the Dead Flip streaming channel and Atlanta's Southern Fried Gaming Expo this last weekend through Marco Specialties and I believe Raccoon City Dry. I'm so sorry. I don't, I think something like that. Uh, so I've seen some gameplay. A lot of people have seen some gameplay. You yourself, Dennis, still haven't had time to catch any of that, correct? No, nothing, nothing substantive that I would be able okay. to weigh in a lot on. So the what I'm taking away, because I wonder where we're at. You, I guess you can still discuss where you're at a week later now, your current thoughts of Venom. It was interesting, the rollout, people high and low on certain aspects of it, confused on other aspects. What was nice is to see gameplay really clear up, for better or worse, really clear up uh, some of the questions that people had as to what type of game this is. I think after the different streams, this game overall has been very positively discussed in the community and and media uh, and such. The game looks a hell of a lot faster than even I was anticipating looking at pictures of the locks and stuff. It's almost like a a rapid fire uh, Mm -hmm. locking system, which I think is novel, unique. Uh, I like the idea of that. And even the complexity of the rules that were laid out by Dwight I will also give a shout out to Corey Stupp, um, Dwight's right-hand man, um, and others like Raymond Davidson and the rest of the team. But it is going to be just as complex, novel, new, um, a new horizon for pinball as we were speculating it to be. And thus far, hearing the feedback from attendees at the SFGE, the Southern Fried Show, people are really receptive. People are really, really liking this game. So... When we were talking about a dip in the market, a softening of the market, and sales of Venom not being as high as you know sales of a game a year ago, I'm still going back to, I don't necessarily think this is a Venom thing per se. I think maybe this is just a timing thing because people seem to, to really be enjoying what they're seeing and playing now. Uh, from Venom. And I have, while we've been talking, I, I, I have actually got the gameplay, so I've been watching it. Okay. Uh, I obviously, I can't listen to it because I'm listening to you. Yeah. But, uh, so I have been watching the the. What's worse, the listening to me elements. or Dwight? Oof. Oh, so mean. <laughs> Dwight's got passion behind his words. He's my favorite person to talk to in pinball, so. And yeah. whereas you, I, I just hear jaded and tired. <laughs> it's true. But the... um. Yeah, like the me- seeing the mechanisms work and stuff has been really, really interesting. And and yeah, that uh that ball lock release thing to get that speed up is really smooth, smoother than I I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, so and that, as soon that as part, it hits think- a switch in the back, like yeah, it's immediate that it's already like physically. A lot of games do that to try to do a transformation or like a, a nonstop um, physics of what the ball would be. Uh, but no, this is speeding up. Uh, any gaps that that could be there so i also thought the uh the it was nice to see that the carnage uh very target is seems really responsive to that captive ball smacking it and letting yeah. it go back quite a bit it doesn't so, get stuck at each nodule yeah, like yeah, you can or, you can or all, that you barely move it because it's not an efficient shot yep you can they, they didn't fuck rogers it is what i'm saying so <laughs> oh, you were worried about that yeah i was because of my experience with that one but um but Okay. So uh, where are you at now that now well, that not only you have more info, but you've you've heard from more people? Where are you at? Well, that's the thing. I mean, I I had been hearing. Well, I I hadn't until today really looked at the uh, the footage of the gameplay. I had been hearing people responding to the footage 
And like you, I've been hearing mostly positive things, at least regarding the premium LE. The Pro. Yeah, that's uh, true. I, I mean, I've been hearing good things about the speed on the Pro, but uh, but uh, still, it's, it sounds like from almost everyone uh, that it's sort of, yeah, I think I'll start with that. I think part of the issue is because of the game state difference and how interesting that is with the rules and people with who's had hands on with both saying, yes, it is. It's like when you switch symbiotes, it is like the game plays different because the layout essentially changes on you, but not on the pro that I think a lot of people are kind of like, okay, well, the pro doesn't exist. So if I want this game, I have to go premium Mm. or above. I think that might be part of the issue. It's what people did with Godzilla. I mean, um, like, eh, you got to have the building, got to have right, the right, right. The thing, the, the thing was, I mean, Godzilla and, and I've had this initial reaction on a lot of premium games where over time I've been like, you know what? The pro is still pretty good, mm-hmm. but um, I can't remember. I think it might have been Travis Murray on Triple Drain. Mm-hmm. I was listening to them and I, I, I think he'd said he had been hearing this would not surprise me that this is, is seen as the biggest difference between a pro to the premium tier since led zeppelin in a lot of people's eyes and remember Ooh, that led zeppelin never recovered from that the pro was uh was basically a a really stripped down version yeah but i've been here i've heard some people say the pro feels like it's a the pin mm. that feels that stripped to them and mm. i don't think the bom is that stripped but the difference is just the fact what mechs they decided to take out to make the pro the pro price that stands out I've to heard a lot that of people too, but I think it would be very hard to convince me of that listener because the pro has arguably the coolest toy still in it. And that's those speed locks and the the locking system that has purpose with the different villains based on how high you stack those speed locks. You get to choose uh, how many multi balls you want. So for me, I think that is the best Mm. toy in the game and it's still in the pro. So I would have to disagree with a lot of people Mm. saying it is overly stripped out. I, no, I think I, it might be pros in the long term might be still sought after because you still get the code. But I get the whole the whole conceptualization of this game is choose your host, change physically the game, and you absolutely miss that whole conceptualization on the pro. Absolutely. And that's where I want and, – and longer term, I mean – it's all speculative because obviously they they won't get they won't have this option otherwise. But I do wonder. I think a lot of people at this state are are saying I would rather have lost the speed ball locks to have had the changing play field. And I don't know that that's the right answer actually yeah, for the either. game. But I do understand where they see those mechs and they go, "That's nice. It's neat." But I think to a lot of them they see it and they go. Without thinking about the rules aspect of it and what you talked about with the stacking and all of that, that they might just look at it. And mm-hmm. then when they look at it, they go, OK, so this just means that the feeds go faster. I'd rather have game state change than just the balls be faster thrown at me. Yeah. And it's hard to say until I get my hands on it. You're probably the same way, Dennis. It, it's hard to know if that difference really does exist or not. But mm-hmm. I still think with the captive ball, uh, you get the captive ball carnage, you get the speed locks. Uh, it's I I do not see it as the pin uh, with consider I I don't see any of that. So what do you uh so because again while while I have been hearing that the reaction has been positive to the gameplay the rules and and the layout at least on the higher end the layout um but I've also been hearing that it's not like there's been a surge in sales since these videos came out either. So that's and this, true. I, yeah, I haven't heard from true. you on this. This is other distros that, yeah, that I've heard from. 
That is true. We we still we're continuing to get just like any release. You'll get a sale or two uh, here or there, but it doesn't seem like it's it's an reaction to, uh, if you will, mm-hmm. and that still goes with my theory of this is more of the the market right now, the time uh, of of where pinballs at right now and, and hobbies in general are at right now compared to a year ago or two years ago, et cetera. Um, I don't think it's so much a venom thing. I think if anything is a venom thing, it's because it's a venom thing. Um, I'm being, I'm being cute there. What I mean is the rules kind of, people are good with it. The layout, even at the beginning, people are like, oh, where's all the toy? People understand it more now. I don't think mm-hmm. you're going to hear anybody argue that, no, nah, it's, it's just that layout that I don't get. I don't think you're going to hear people argue about the mechs or anything. I think the art, people might have their opinions on it, but holistically, everybody loves the art package. I think what's left is the only downside to the actual release and the product that is Venom Pinball is the theming is not like this, I've got to have this theme kind of thing, uh, which makes people hesitate a bit. But the other part of the why sales are not as strong as a Foo Fighters or a Godzilla or anything, I think it's just timing right now. I think there's probably a reason that they rolled out Venom in the summer here when historically sales in the summer are typically, uh, they tend to be the lowest. Um, So I I, I don't know, it makes sense to me. Yeah, I... I think both your theories are are correct. Uh, again, I don't know the percentages involved with like how much of it is. Kind of you know, summer. Again, summer, even back when it was mostly operators buying games, summer was the low selling time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably because people weren't going to the arcades as much in the summer, just like the yeah. uh, homeowners are out and about more in the summer. So yeah, that that being a factor, I, I do think makes sense. I agree with you. Uh, Venom is, I don't know if I want to say it's a weak theme, but I think based off of the sales, it definitely isn't strong. It's I not have a, a few bad other... theme, no. No, well, I mean, any Marvel character is probably a decent theme, but uh, but you know, arguably, would it have been better if we're just sticking with Marvel to have done Black Panther or um, I'm trying to think what hasn't had a, a game yet that maybe has only shown up in a you know as a like an ensemble in like mm. Avengers or something. Doctor Strange. Yeah, Doctor Strange would be another one which has had recent films. I think that's uh, kind of where Venom would be, like a Doctor Strange kind of thing. Where plenty maybe, of people love I, it, but it's like, is it strong enough by itself? Yeah, it's just, you know, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, I think the logic was probably, well, we're going to do comic Venom, but we know it's had some movies from Sony, so maybe that'll run. But again, when you look at this play field, I'm not seeing the Sony movies, but I think most of these characters are not represented in those films, whereas... Even the Deadpool was comic Deadpool. People just look at like they oh, they're like, oh, those are all X-Men characters and X-Men villains and Deadpool. And then we remember the movie. So they knew all the characters that were on the play field and they don't hear. Well, and this just looks like a bunch of samey looking different colored Venoms. Over the last, I don't know, a uh, decade or so, uh, Disney has taken a swing at let's showcase the their villains uh, in their animated series um, more. Let's let's do a Maleficent. Let's let's focus on the villains and make them a character in and of themselves. So maybe Stern was trying to do that with, you know, licensing venom as, cause he is arguably out of the Marvel characters, maybe the most iconic villain to Joe public. Mm. I think maybe so starting off, uh, let's try a venom or let's try a, a villain uh, as the focus of, cause they're going to continue working with Marvel as they will continue working with uh, Disney 
uh, and the licenses they through Star Wars and and such. Yeah, I, I, it's not. Again, I don't think it's a. It was a bad pick. I don't it's either. just I. I would hope they probably that they went in not thinking like, oh, it's it's Venom. He's beloved. But again, like Godzilla's done well, and it's not exactly like. Godzilla's selling off the store shelves normally. So, I mean, they know that if the game's good, it doesn't, they, they can overcome it because they're stern and they'll get enough exposure. Mm-hmm. But um, what do you think about the theory that uh, some people that historically perhaps would have bought this uh, to play it for a little while, knowing that given the production counts and how long it takes games to get out, that they would have been able basically to get rid of it and not lose any money. Yeah. And yeah. they're not buying Venom now because they're they're looking and they're going to be like, you know what? If I buy this, I am t- I'm eating a loss. Even if I buy an LE, I'm eating a loss. Yeah. And we, we were discussing this for uh, the select few that are part of our The Pinball Show uh, live monthly hangouts. We were just, we had a great discussion and we'll repeat some of it here. Whereas, yes, I'm with you. I think that that is what I'm talking about when I'm saying this is more the timing uh, Mm. and the landscape of where we're at, you know, in, in the calendar of events in the year of events uh, of pinball. Yeah. People could take flyers in the past because they knew that there were so many games back ordered. I'm I'm waiting on my iron maiden to be made six months from now. So I'm gonna take a flyer on this because I know before that gets run, I can sell this maybe for a couple hundred dollar loss or maybe even more than what I paid for. Whereas now people are seeing that secondary market, uh, you having to, when you make that decision, you're very likely going to lose money when you open something out of the box or drive it off the lot, which is normal. That's that's normal in consumer yes. electronics, consumer sales of anything. So we're getting back to the time a little bit closer pre-pandemic where, yes, um, people are are more conscientious about how they make their purchases and how they build their collections because let's let's face it this is not going to change people building collection no oh that's silly people the fucking sky is falling for so many people you know why listener because it's something to talk about in their board that's it pinball's still fucking awesome people are still going to collect and play the hell out of pinball uh, and when it gets a little bit colder around the midwest and around the north of the united states people are gonna buy pinball machines more than they would in the sun it's just how it works Sky is not falling. Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, no, I don't. I don't see any like major like seismic change ups to the industry broadly. But I do. I, I'll throw a couple other questions. But there out. are LEs that are available. Well, well, yeah, it's there true. are a couple. So there are a couple of pieces I want to ask. First is kind of getting at broader again across all the all the tiers. But what do you think uh, about the theory that? Pinball has at this stage, not, not I don't, and I don't want to overstate it, like in the sense that again, because I don't agree that there's any sort of seismic change up going on to the to the industry, but that these games are given the current state of the market are positioned at too high of a price point, and so people are just going to be a lot more choosy because they've inflated the prices more than people's paychecks have inflated, and people's investments have inflated, so. The, the games are disproportionately expensive now, and we're seeing the side effects of that now that the demand is falling, that people are just like, I'm not spending this much for an okay theme with a decent layout and interesting rules, but that's just not enough to buy. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's that. I, I don't think it's the, the price of it per se. I really don't. I, I, I'm not sure because again, now I want to broaden it a little bit. I'll, I'll focus back in on with my second question on Venom again. But again, you know, looking at 
the pricing that's happened with Centaur Revisited, what's been going on with JJP ever since they did their Toy Story 4 price spikes, mm-hmm. and they're struggling to move units. And I I mean, I think Toy Story 4 plays way better than Guns N' Roses, but it sure, sure. ain't showing the sales. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I'm wondering if price is a factor at this point. I mean, price obviously is always a it's factor always with a people factor. at some point, but this... You know, and that's where I get back to the I don't want to necessarily say that Stern has priced themselves too high up. But in the case of Venom, getting back to that thing that we're hearing from people when they look at the pro and they're like, it's not enough there and they can't justify the new, quote unquote, new premium pricing, like maybe with Foo they could. Mm -hmm. But now they're like, no, it's still fundamentally a fan layout. I just can't. I can't. And people forget, even if sales were not as high as the latest Elwin. These games, they're still selling a lot of Venom. Like, we're still selling a lot of Venom. Mm-hmm. Our, our order, sure. uh, you know, the initial order for Venom would make a lot of people blush. Like, we're still selling a lot of them. But they're, uh, and if we rewind, listener, let's go on a little journey real quick here. Here's how times change. And it's, it's, a, it's a waxing and waning. It's a fluctuation. It's a real live market. Godzilla came out in 2021, and it really changed a lot of things not only for better, but for some worse too. The threshold and the expectation of what pinball is now kind of changed. 2021, we had that, and we had them coming out with a 1,000. Remember, there's a 1,000 LEs of Godzilla, but did it matter? No, they sold out immediately because the prior game, Mandalorian, was 750 LEs. Dynamite theme, uh, license, and, and whatnot, so it sold out immediately. But if you remember, Mandalorian then had huge sales initially, but then kind of tapered off a little bit quicker than other games. And then we go into Godzilla. That's the Dynamite, you know, one of the greatest, if not the greatest pinball machines ever made. Uh, they continue to make a, a boatload of those, so that kind of skewed the whole system. And then after that, they come out with Rush. Now, Rush was also in a time where, historically, the, again, sold a lot of them, but not the greatest sales, but what saved that? What make people? What made people continue to clamor for that title? It was things like the general landscape and the timing of getting games was tough. It was the new Stern, so you could play it. It was focused more towards competitive pinball players and balancing score-wise, so you got a lot of the media pumping it up as well. So we've got that, and then so the, that trailed off. Two, we got a thousand in production, but we were still in. Hey, it's hard to get. You can turn around and still sell these LEs and not lose any money, maybe even make money. Right. And then the next following after that was James Bond. So I think the the ball was already kind of rolling. It's just nobody stopped to look at the ball rolling. James Bond comes out. Then you started people pausing a little bit more, like more overt pausing. Wait a minute. The code, I don't know. Is this too much of a dated theme? It looks cool, but I'm not so sure. Ellie sat for quite a bit longer than they did for the previous releases for the last couple of years. So this wasn't a, a cliff dive from, from James Bond to then, uh, to then Venom's like, oh, wait a minute, nobody's buying Ellie's now. Oh, no, <laughs> it's not the case. They're probably buying Ellie's at the same speed as to which they were buying James Bond. But because the landscape is more soft right now, and in other words, if we were to release Venom at the time that James Bond was released, I would argue that Venom may be a better LE seller than even James Bond at that time. I really feel like that uh, because there's more boxes being checked on Venom than uh, arguably there is or was on James Bond. 
But then we got lucky, and after James Bond, we hit the low expectations that everybody had for Foo Fighters. Let's not lie to each other. Low expectations when we heard Foo Fighters. And not to knock Jack Danger, but he was a new designer. You didn't know what the hell we are going to get from Jack Danger, right? It just so happened that the expectations were so miscued, and that game shoots phenomenally, and Jack Danger apparently is a freaking designing genius. And the rules were there, and they didn't do Foo Fighters. They did an animated, awesome, zombie, yeti, alien-fighting Foo Fighters game, and ever it became the in thing. So then everybody had to have that. That's why Ellie's sold out immediately for that. Coming into the release of a Foo Fighters at 1,000 Ellie's and the release of a James Bond or even a hella Mandalorian Ellie, I would put money on people saying those Ellie's are going to sell out a hell of a lot quicker than any Foo Fighters. So that changed around. And then after that, people got a freaking cavalcade of Pulp Fiction, Galactic Tank Force, Godfather. They were just hit with new titles. Bam, bam, bam. So then we come to the summer when everybody's vacationing. They're out. Venom comes out. Even if it checks the boxes, the market's a little fatigued right now. Doesn't mean in the long run it will be. I think Venom will do sales-wise very, very well. And I'll remind people of what happened when Deadpool came out. Sorry, that was a lot, a lot of talking, Dennis. Mm. Well, I think the the final thing, though, and I I, I think I might have a, a read on where you stand, given your sort of soliloquy that you <laughs> launched into there. But Sorry. I was going to ask, does Stern need to reduce the LE count on these games? Not at this point, but I just mean moving forward. Like, and I'll, I'll give my stance, like given all this, knowing they were going to release it in the slow time, if, if the read was, I, I don't think they should be doing 1000 LEs anymore. I think they need to be looking at 500 or less. I can see the argument there because they're not special enough at a thousand. They're just too common, too common. Raise the price and lower the count if you need to, but I can see common. And and that's the talking point right now. And if you're listening to podcasts or watching streams or or reading articles, everybody kind of positioning themselves saying, Hey, you know what? Since sales weren't immediately sold out. I don't think Stern was ever used to Ellie selling out immediately from the, the uh, inception of them creating the Ellie model so i don't think they're necessarily concerned about things selling out day one i think they like they sell through day one so frankly that's all they care now they're smart enough to look into the future as to well we don't want to overload our distribution network thus they won't they'll they'll slowly start buying more less and less and less but do i think that they need to reduce le's i'm going to actually argue no and not to no, create, that's what I expected not to, to create an entertaining point of view here that uh, would be probably the only one that people are taking in media. I think that, you know, it's easy to say, yeah, reduce the LE count and you'll sell them. Okay. Yeah. Oh, great. But go with me here. The Stern pinball making a decision that abrupt after one release would be asinine. It would be so silly. Historically, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior, right? That's the, the old old psychology 101 thing. Uh, and past behavior predicts that people buy the hell out of LAs immediately. They just do. So to get rid of that whole fundamental notion of, okay, you know what? We didn't sell out day one, so we've got to cut them back in half or three, four. No, no. I think it'd be silly because if a rumored Jaws does come out by Keith Elwin, they will kick themselves in the asses for not having a 1,000 to sell. This is Venom. Uh, and this is a perfect storm of things. And given the perfect storm that it is, 
it's still selling overall well, no, Stern Pinball is not going to change anything right now, nor would I recommend them changing anything. Give us two more releases that we still see sales, you know, quantitatively continue to drop. Okay. But nothing drastic yet. No, that's my take. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, it's it's not a big issue, I don't think, one way or the other, other than I think it kind of, because of what happened with the dark market dynamics, people aren't going to be like, oh, I remember the old day. They don't remember the old days, Zach. It looks bad for Stern to not have the LEs sell out. That's just how it is now. That's how so it I is think now. Yeah, okay. I, so I think it would be healthier overall for them just to make sure that they sell out the LEs. And if that means, oh no, well, we know with Jaws and L when we need to do a thousand and we know when it's not, maybe we should do less, that they can all, it doesn't have to be the same number of I agree time. with that. Yeah, I do agree so, with that. Yeah. The thing is, uh, the issue with Stern is I find it a little weird because all the LE is a different like trim package. It's not a different game than the premium. Mm-hmm. So it's they put themselves in this weird boat where they have an unlimited design and then they do an LE version of the same already readily available design. So the whole point of LEs are for whales. So whales want exclusivity. They don't want there to be a thousand of something. I think that what Stern Pinball would, we both agreed Dennis, that they will, they would reduce LE numbers production wise before they'd reduce price. Right. Yeah, I think so. But okay. you, they I could also too. reduce LE numbers and raise price on just the LE. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not against that. I, I could, I could see that as well, especially if you're talking about if we're all a carding it and picking the theme in which right. we're doing the, the higher production runs. Mm-hmm. I still think they would focus more on the opportunity to do a super LE than they would uh, mess with any quantities there. But I could see them doing more of a Jersey Jack thing before anything, and that is making the LE stand out just a little bit more, offering maybe a little something extra uh, that is more, you know, that you cannot get elsewhere kind of thing. Yeah, I, I could see that. If in particular, if they wanted to keep the higher production count mm-hmm. on the LE, or even if they wanted to explore making more LEs, you know the the because uh, it's interesting. I don't. It's so there's so many different routes they could go. I mean the the low hanging fruit thing. If they really don't want to, because I could understand the designer being like, I don't want to have to like figure out another mechanical feature for the LEs. So the short no, answer would and be code. No, they don't want to do. Well, it. well, but for code, throwing a I could see them saying, well, you know, because they did it a few times, like how they did the Daft Punk multi ball with Tron LE, for example, and they're starting to do this. Let's have Godzilla a special topper. mode with the yeah. with the topper. Then, then I could see them saying, you know what, LEs are going to get a special mode, maybe mm-hmm. a special gameplay mode that doesn't affect the regular game, but like they get they get something else, mm-hmm. like they get another uh, like a mini wizard mode that they get to do as a timed rush or something. And I could see them doing the look what they did on James Bond, a little bit of apples and oranges here, but I would like that to see them. I'm not convinced they would, but I'd like to see them maybe consider something like James Bond 60th came out with the topper already included in the package right Mm -hmm. then when they came out with that topper for the cornerstone game same topper but they were limiting it to 500 units for all of the cornerstones so it really did drive up you know maybe you're one of the 500 who does get one of those topper who side note sold out immediately and now going for much more than a thousand dollars i might add maybe they do that to keep that hey you get the guaranteed topper already at the at the get-go from launch 
everybody else has to wait six months. And then even so, only 500 get Like something so simple, a shift like that, I think would redeem that value of the LE. No questions asked. I think uh, one of the the main things, uh, and it feels like I, watching LEs over time, I feel like LEs, like the the differential has gotten worse over time with Stern. They have, well, it's been about the same. They just haven't had to do anything. No, different. no, 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 no. I'm going to point out the two main things that stand out to me is this. Uh, I'm going to use Venom in particular. This lazy decision to not give the LE its own translate and not give it its own playfield art. No, I still no. It, no, that's I a, disagree. It's a fr- I think I think in this instance, it's one of the factors. People look at it and they're like, "It's the same. All but, that you get different is the size of the cabin." As you know, Zach, if you stick the game in a lineup, that doesn't matter. So, but the difference is something that you cannot buy. The difference, Dennis and listener, is that you don't just get different. I would argue you don't just get different art on the decals on the side of an LE. You get foil metallic art. You don't just get uh, d- the same trans. No, you get an actual screen printed back glass with mirroring on it. So it is it is different. It's still different. Uh, no, I, I just don't think it's as strong as what they used to do. And they used to not do foil. Everybody had no, but to they used the to give you a different trans, a different back glass. That I think that's different. a zombie. That's a zombie Eddie thing, though. Uh, look, I'm just saying when you look at it from a distance, you're like, you can't tell the premium from the LED looking at the back yeah. box. Uh, it's like, it's like, these are like low effort things. All the money extra for the LE is practically, uh, what's foil, 50 cents. It's all gravy. It's just additional profit. So they should throw in some, at least some easy lift stuff for them that would further let things stand out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just saying, like, it's there, to me, the options. games are looking more and more samey as time has gotten by. And I don't know if that's based off of, you know, which artists they put on the project or what. But it's like, I think people want it to scream different or do what I think. Again, this was probably one uh, triple drain suggestion is why don't they give you all three? Like, here's your back glass. And oh, yeah, here are the here are the other translates for the premium and the pro. Mm-hmm. It's like no cost. Just throw them in so people have them. Yeah. If they want to change it up, like it's like these are easy lift things, not, hey, look, we barely modified the premium. But another thing, this. but we also have to consider the fact that not only LEs are beautiful now, like Stern pinball games are beautiful now. All of the models, pros, premiums, LEs. Okay, we backtrack to X Men. Look at the difference in just aesthetics between a pro and the Magneto LE. Like just from a visual, it's, it's, it's night and day difference whereas everything's beautiful now so i could see some of that argument being that yeah it's just all pinball machines are pretty now like the premium looks pretty so does the le my point being stern has all types of things that they can do to spruce up uh, the desirability of the le model without drastically going to decisions such as lowering the price or lowering the numbers planned i i just maybe maybe i am jaded maybe i'm too far behind the curtain, but I, I think they have many options before they decide something big like that, which probably sours a lot of people's ears. They're like, no, I want there to be 500 or I want to be cheaper. I don't think it happens. No, I don't think they'll quickly. make them cheaper, but I, yeah, I've just, I, I don't know who exactly they want to buy these things, but a thousand's too many if it's just like whales. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, it's a woo, man. Yeah, we squeeze a good discussion there, Dennis. That felt good. Yeah, let's end this. You can reach out to us at thepinballshow at gmail.com. Right. Patreon it up. Patreon.com slash the pinball show. 
Now, we'll give them, I guess, a little bit more. Uh, Michael B., the Game Genie. Have you ever heard of that YouTube channel? No, I've never heard no, of it. No, I guess I have not. Gaming thing. I they, remember Game Genie. They interviewed Brian Eddy at Comic-Con. And Brian, oh, Eddie man get blushed and gave probably more info than he should have. Mm. <laughs> they asked, a viewer in chat asked about vaulting or rerunning a Stranger Things pinball machine. And Brian Eddy said that maybe we see something later this year. Hmm. A Demogorgon hmm. hole in November? Uh, I mean, yeah, you can hope. Uh, one can hope. And then they, they kept prodding a bit, and he said... Uh, nothing is or it's not impossible it's not impossible but he was smiling almost like he, he like a, he farted in church or something like he was he something was smelling around there hmm okay yeah, so uh if you want to get on the list email me a sack at flippingoutpinball.com get you on a rumored list do you think they would ever come back out with the pro since the premium is the one everybody wants uh, you know, may, only if like you all distributors told them there was sizable demand. I I don't imagine they'd revisit the pro otherwise. Yeah, I just but mechanically it's uh, a lot more problematic with that the TK lock. Mm. I think it would sell well as a rerun, especially right now. Hit right yeah, now because poor Venom though if it came out. No, I, I see people buying both of them. I don't. I don't think. Let's that see this. I don't know. People want Will to run. <laughs> run. Nap Arcade, speaking of rumors, he's saying that John Wick is happening for Stern Pinball. We've talked about that. I think, yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah I can see it yeah, happening. No, it would make sense, yeah. yeah. I don't think it's the strongest theme, personally, but I could be proven wrong because a lot of people tell me that I'm wrong. It would that. have been better like four years ago to have done it, but yeah. it's still it's still relatively popular. Yeah, I think it's a little more popular than Venom right now, theme-wise. But uh, I think you're selling Keanu Reeves more than anything, personally. Just like I think that film well, franchise does. Well, they better does, get him for callouts, otherwise, I don't know. Man, I, I you know what? I would I would equally enjoy a bubbly Bobo like sound alike of Keanu Reeves. Oh my god! Like, I would love that. <laughs> a bubbly Bobo. I think I would like that. Jersey Jack Pinball in the news. Joe Cam and Cow just couldn't help himself. Dennis, he had to post a little bit again, uh, going mm. back and forth with Nap Arcade on social media regarding the Harry Potter license for pinball. Your favorite thing to talk about, Dennis, Harry Potter pinball. Now, uh, Nap Arcade saying that... You're a wizard. <laughs> you're a wizard. You're, oh, my God. Think of all the stupid uh, pinball wizard things that it could be with it. Oh, uh, yeah. Just, now, it's just all hit me, coming. It just hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah, the, the real bricks, pinball they're, they're wizard. Heavy. I can see the ads now. Mm. I'm just imagining that the JJP commercial, like there'll be an a- actual wizard playing the game and be fist pumping, <laughs> fist pumping. with his yeah. wand, <laughs> his Patronus looking on, nodding approvingly. And that one bitch of a instructor. She's so mean. Do you think the topper would be the creepy hat? I told you that is unequivocally the correct answer. The sorting hat would be the topper. It has to be the topper. Will its mouth start- move? Will its mouth be all like, Bubbly Bobo. Hufflepuff. <laughs> mm. uh, I think, I think, yeah, <laughs> I, I think absolutely Kiefer would code it into choose your house. Like 
it would <laughs> it would be yeah that's slytherin it would happen <laughs> mark silk is just chomping at the bit to do all of the voice work for it but it's back in the news because Nap Arcade indicating that Joe Kamenkow claims to have offered $4 million for the license. Wow. $4 million. This ain't no $1 million Beatles pinball license. $4 million, but it was turned down. Then other follow-up sources telling Nap Arcade that Warner Brothers wants $10 million for full film assets for the use in a <laughs> oh, pinball whoa. machine. Wow. Okay. Before we talk about the rest of this story, uh, what do you think the truth behind this is? Oh, my. How am I supposed to assess that, Zach? I, I mean, I have no context. I've not normally seen Kamikau go out there and just start, like, throwing out numbers, but. It feels squirrely to me. It. <sighs> I don't know why. Something just doesn't feel right. That 10 million seems like the most absolutely asinine, ridiculous number you've ever heard of, even for something this popular. Yes. To I mean, that's kind of anything. But even the 4 million seems like, how do they, my, my gut instinct is the numbers sound ridiculous. Uh, they don't sound right because they sound ridiculously high. But on the flip side, most product placement stuff doesn't ask for full film assets. So yeah, that's true. it's not normally a thing. It's not. Video games don't go in. They make their own cutscenes. They don't. Maybe they want clips of audio, but they don't go in asking for. We want all the DVDs at our disposal so we can throw them on the back box because people decided that they want pinball machines to be DVD players. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, I get. But again, where do you end up with like, oh, in that instance, like you, you think even at four million, like someone going in with four million and then saying we want ten million, it would sound like they don't understand how pinball works, and then mm -hmm. a discussion would be to, need to be necessary, and they'd be like, "Oh, okay, you're not asking for the rights to actually like dump all of the movies so people can just sit there, hit the left button, and then get twelve hours <laughs> yeah, of our masterpiece." Yeah. You know, especially I, if you're JJP, because I'd be but, like, well, "People complain we don't I put mean, enough film assets in anyway, so you guys are but, fine." But Warner's done pinball before, so they can't. That's a good point. So th come on, they can't be that. They can't be that. That's why mad. I don't know if any of this they're mad lads. Eh, none of it what? feels right. They, they are like this would be like if like your kid went to Oppenheimer without you mad. Oh, this would make this wouldn't make yeah, any ahead. make this wouldn't make any sense. I asked Dominic twice to go and he was busy, bro. That's what that's how he treated. Oh man, I, uh, he's always got the. Uh, yeah, so I've got something going on tonight. I can't. And then I get back from vacation listener. And of course, he's like, hey, dad, I seen Oppenheimer. It was actually, it was really good. And I'm like, are you shitting me? Like, I've asked you twice. If I asked you twice and you turn me down twice, I would think that you would wait until I can go. Otherwise, maybe you just hate your dad. That's the, the conclusion I came up mm -hmm. with. So basically, this is the, the that's basically what's going on here. But in this instance, with a potential ten million dollars, I know, this, I know he tag. doesn't hate me because his follow up was very, uh, very emotional and said, "No, like in typical Christopher Nolan fashion, I'm going to appreciate it more the second time. So I think we could go now, and I'll appreciate it the most with you watching it." And like a typical sucker of a dad, I'm like, "Okay, son. <laughs> All right." I know it's not true, though. He just wanted to go with his friends and not his dear old daddy. Mm -hmm. uh, whatever. I do want to see it. Have you seen Oppenheimer yet? I have not. 
I that seems like a film you'd go see. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I've 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 read up on Oppenheimer before, so I do have some familiarity with his biography. Oh, but, I want to go see it so bad. You know, because at one time I wanted to be a nuclear physicist, but <laughs> I'm still I'm wait- kidding. I never I never looked into still having waiting that as for a career. my interstellar pinball machine. But you know what? When I heard four million, I don't think that's bad at all. Why wouldn't I mean, if if there was an option, I'd be like Joe here. Four million all assets? Yeah, sign me up. Let's do it. I'd, I think that seems uh, very doable. And still four, I could, I could see, again, I could understand him offering four, especially, okay, Kapow title, no pro. It worked for Beatles. Um, they wouldn't do a single level for, I mean, they'd be able to sell them. They'd mm-hmm. be able to sell them easier than they sold Beatles. Even with, you know, dispersing that uh, $4 million across however many number of games. $10 million, if that's true, B. I mean, I would say I wouldn't even want to try and figure out that. You could, in theory, pull it off. I wouldn't want to try it in this market. (sighs) It's big, Zach, but we can't. I I mean, people, stupidity only goes so far. Look, uh, the second part of this story, listener, is the following. Nap Arcade then indicating that the film version will not happen is not actually happening for pinball almost okay. like a it's not happening but what is mm-hmm. happening is a more affordable eight hundred thousand uh, dollar version of the license that just focuses on the entity oh. of hogwarts now this part i completely believe we're talking about the company that brought us toy story 4 if this is true and godfather what a fail no, so, no, it's Hogwarts. Com- People love that. It's hogwash. It's complete it's fail. Oh, oh no, eight hundred thousand. You didn't buy shit. You bought Hogwarts a castle. When pigs fly, shit. You bought a pinball adventures bunny factory. You got but hosed. the video game, the Hogwarts video I game, did really shit well. If it's a legacy or not, it's not. It's not Harry Potter. Daniel Radcliffe is Harry Potter. Ron why Weasley. Why not just do the books Snape, if you can't? No, if, if that's you can't not Harry Potter either. I'm sorry, you, George hey, Fisher. You shut your, shut sorry. your mouth. No, it's that's, gone. No, you can't. Nope. You're, the films are the number one. Millions that of children learn how to read on those books. You can't just dismiss them mm. like so much fluff off of a dandelion in the breeze. I'm sorry. Maybe in 20 years, you know, when Daniel Radcliffe gets in troubles with blowing hookers or something. But right now, No. It is beloved and it's iconic. It's it's the reason you go to Universal Studios and you don't see you know Harry Potter the novel ride. <laughs> travel, <laughs> well, Universal doesn't travel, have the rights to the I novel. I know, but ride. travel in a travel in a hardback cover book. As we no, it's, no, it's the Tom Bombadil of Harry Potter. No, it's not. Oh, oh. You don't even know what you're talking about at this point. Stay in your lane. <sighs> I will. And my lane is $10 million. Clearly not reading, but go, <laughs> no, but go it's, on. It's $800,000 for Hogwarts is Hogwarts. It's so stupid. Why it would worked it for the video that, game. Maybe that was their logic. Waste that video game money. did gangbusters. I think if you if you spend 800000 just on Hogwarts for a pinball machine, I would argue you don't care about pinball. There, I said it. And it wow. might get me in trouble, but wow. I said it. It's true. If you care about pinball, you spend $10 million for full film assets because that's what Harry Jeez. Potter is. Or you don't touch it at God, all. A language like this is meaning you're only going to get allocated 50 Elton John. So I you tell you be what, careful. Joe Cam and Cal and I, I think, are cut from the same cloth. Because I'm, uh, he, you know what, Joe? I think Joe would have been willing to go more than four. But something messed up and uh, other entities snuck in. Because I, I think that's not the top for for Cam and Cal. I think he was coming in at four because he's a smart man. I would have done the same probably knowing that I'm probably going to spend six or seven. All right. Let me, let me throw a hypothetical out at you then. 
Okay. Hogwash. Let's say JJP has done what was what was indicated here in the Nap Arcade article. $800,000, they have a Hogwarts version. Can, I don't even know, I mean, we don't know the terms, but here's the hypothetical. What if Joe's saying all this stuff, but behind the scenes, he's still trying to get the film rights and Stern will do their own version. Oh. They'll do a film version and JJP will have a Hogwarts version. Yeah, well, if I'm JJP and I'm spending $800,000 on a castle, I'm also in that contract <laughs> stating you cannot sell the Harry Potter license. But it has to be a timed exclusivity. I mean, they sure, don't get the rights I, I forever. Would, I would say five years minimum. I would say, you. no, that would be part of my contract. I'll, I'll mean, pay $800,000 for, a, point. for that, an old that castle. The but. building is 800000 alone does seem steep. Yeah, for just like I guess, and I'm assuming that's just like the movie assets to show like shots of like the kids eating at the table with the floating candles and yeah, like it, the they owl wouldn't when say the, owl the Harry Potter name. In and, It'd be and, like, Wizarding World of Hogwarts. Letters and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it would not be Harry Potter at all. You need that how much name. do you think it would be to get the full movie assets of uh, what the what was it was it scary movie and the tiny little hand for the turkey <laughs> scary and movie stuff? two okay. scary movie two thank you. <laughs> I bet it's under eight hundred thousand. I bet we can get him to place everything. Yeah, I, right. I think it'd probably still be I just a lot li- of money. I just actually, lick it. I just lick it. I just, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All their penises oh. and chinies. Yeah. <laughs> and the giblets. Yeah. I. Stop I'm it. down with that. Uh, stop it, Hiawatha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. so stupid. Yes. Anyway, so um, look, you don't here, sound pleased look, with these decisions, Zach. Let's take $10 million. Well, let's put it in a calculator. <laughs> let's take 10 right? million. Okay. With all film assets, could it be argued that they wouldn't sell at least 5,000 units? They're going to sell 5,000 units of a fully full asset Harry Potter. Let's just, for argument's sake, say... That's all the films. That's all the like. That's anything right, you all right, want. All right, fine, fine. All right. So you want to say that you want to spread two thousand dollars per that's game? That's exactly right? what I'm saying. And I'm saying that is very much doable. It when you break it down, it's not that much. Two thousand is asinine. Roger Sharp right now is rolling over. Like he's like, you spend maybe a maybe fifty dollars to a hundred dollars per game on license. You do not spend more. Mm. That is crazy talk. I, I would say he'd probably argue nothing over fifty dollars. I mean, this is a it is a lot to add on to on top of each game just to cover the license. I say you take an Ellie and you say, "Hey guys, uh, not only did we get Harry Potter, the most sought after license for an entire industry of your gaming experience, the physical world of Harry Potter, we got that, but we got all of, we didn't half-ass it. We got everything, but it cost us." So instead of $12,000 as we've been having for an LE, I'm sorry, it's now $14,000. I think you sell 5,000 units of the LE alone. I, I, and then you it, go 50 or 25, 50,000 for a super limited edition of 100 of those Harry Potters just to justify, maybe even to get that 2,000 per unit of the, of the others, get that down a little bit. I, I don't think it's a problem. I, I'm unsure on that one, Zach. And and here's the thing, because I know they they sold over four thousand Guns and Roses, so I can see why you're thinking with something as big as Harry Potter, yes. they could get the five thousand. The problem is, in my and I, maybe I'm wrong, and it won't be a, it wouldn't be a problem. But my problem that I would see with it is 
with 5,000 games out, Mm -hmm. they know it will lose value. It's not an investment at 5,000 games. No way. Mm -hmm. So it's too common. And so everyone has to decide, is this a keeper? Is it 5,000 people bolting this to the floor? Or it's, oh, I love Harry Potter. It's one of my most favorite themes. But I'm also knowing I'm getting rid of the game within 18 months because I do that to all my games. And I'm going to take a huge bath on this. That this 2000 is going to be, no one's going to, like, on the second market, it's just not going to hold. That would be the concern I think would get a lot of people being like, do I really want to pay $14,000 for the base model? That's where where I hedge. Here's what I would argue. Uh, and, of course, I'll be interested to know if you agree or disagree with me. I would say it's a safer bet to make 1000 only a CE, add 10000 to the price, and say there are only going to be 1000 Harry Potters, period. Mm. So then I, I think uh, that sells out. I think at 5,000, to there are too many people that are going to hedge at that price point and be like, absolutely not. Hmm. It needs to be more exclusive. That's what we have to lean into more exclusivity, not more numbers to spread out the uh, the cost. We have to go full 180 against Roger so Sharp's philosophy. You're saying 1,000 units, which That's adds $10,000 to the price. Yep. You go m- maybe even you know twenty to $25,000. And you mm-hmm. think it's, eh, yeah, it might work because you have to target the whales work. at this point, only the whales and the whales mm-hmm. need the exclusivity the whales need the exclusivity because they're there. A number of them want to bank on that. This $25,000 game will become a $30,000 game in three years. I would almost say then you could still do a hundred at it. No, but then you don't want to, you don't want to fracture the humpback, right? You need a thousand of the humpback. So keep yes. it. I mean, you could argue doing something like 900 at 10,000 and then do the other 100 as an ultra high end. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. So you, you, you play, you play with it a variety of ways, but I don't think you can allow 5,000 of these games to go out there and still add thousands of dollars just for the license. I think, I think we need to, I need to, we need to raise the price more and make the count less. I think that's the way it works. Well, they tried to do that with the CEO last one. Cause then there's FOMO. There's no FOMO at 5,000 units, but we're still playing around with a $10 million total. And we're finding ways that it could make sense. It could, it could be, it could be workable. I definitely would try from a business for less than 10, at 10 yeah. million though. Is it worth all this work versus just finding a little bit less popular license? Uh, that for, doesn't ask for a for stern pinball? No. For an American pinball? No. For a spooky pinball? No. For the one company who is owned by billionaires who their, their one big hobby is pinball. Why the fuck not? Because it just it feels like it feeds into the joke that how do you make how how do you become a millionaire in pinball? You start as a billionaire. That's what it feels like. But when you're a billionaire, you you just want the shit you want because at some point you're going to be dead. So yeah, you but they could just the they could just get machine. a one off Harry Potter for themselves no, built and not need a that's license. That's not what billionaires do. No. Why not? Because they want to rub it on everybody. No. What? No, so many billionaires yeah. go and get bespoke stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeff Bezos isn't asking for there to be 100 yachts like his. He wants his own weird ass yacht. Oh, no, he's got, they got weird kinky shit but that are one-offs. I get that. But if they have a company that they're building something, they want to show it off. They want to show off. But I, look, they might be more business-minded, which is why they're billionaires in the first place. And they opt for the business-savvy $800,000 mm. gold-ass castle. That's right. 
I right think. up there with with uh, you know going with Toy Story four and Godfather. You know, great theme picks. The one word I would use is disgraceful. <laughs> At the end of the day, Dennis, uh, we're talking and, and playing around with numbers and such here in the theming and license of in the intellectual property of Harry Potter, and ultimately, I think maybe Cam and Cal was just trolling all the, all along and it's just fucking around with people. I, I really do. I, I think maybe all this really? is yeah. It's a think, it's I think a strange maybe, sport to yeah, take up. That's Joe Cam. I think it's all bullshit. Honestly, I really do. I still think so, Jersey so Jack. So much so that you license. don't even think JJP no, has the license. I, I, no, I do think JJP has the license, even though Jack Grenier is telling people he doesn't. I think if not all but confirmed and, and locked in, uh, and I do see them moving forward. Not with this. I'm, I'm so tired of hearing this. Oh, it's going to be a. It's going to be a, a sizzle. Or it's going to be a. It's not going to have a coin. Oh, it's all hey, bullshit. Hey, that rumor corner. Rumor it, it, corner. That sorry, it's all bullshit. I think Nat probably ran with it too. No. If they're going to make Harry Potter, they're going to make a pin, a commercial pinball device. It will be in any arcade or bar it, with just Hogwarts stuff. It's gonna, it's not going to be some watered down. If it's watered down, it's based on this. The it's, Hogwarts. You're a wizard in Hogwarts, and now you're going to go on the your own adventure. Of you the are game the ball. Itself is the not going to be watered down. I don't know where people are getting that from. It's all bullshit. JJP is not going to do that, and I think they have it. And I think they they're probably pushing for. Uh, film assets and i think that either they're going to get it at the at the minimum it would be something like a pirates of the caribbean if i had to guess at minimum okay that's why i'm so tired of rumors yeah but this one came directly from the source but i think the source is trolling everybody's ass nap arcade also reporting that animal house has been trademarked for pinball animal house oh what was that 70s um, film yes uh doll i think so uh, maybe early eighties. I don't recall. Uh, dollars to donuts. This is home pins. <laughs> well, I, it I, it fits in, in the right. entire wheelhouse of someone who is a fan of Spinal Tap is gonna love Animal House. It's way past its prime to be done. Um, I remember the interview that Doctor John did with Mike indicated that the license would be one that he felt people would be upset about. And there are some hardcore fans of Animal House, so I could see that. And Mike also said that there was complicated like ownership issue with the license he was going after. I have no idea, but Animal House is so old that it might that might fit it. Yeah. So Animal House, man, it deserves video. I mean, I guess. <laughs> the, the, it Animal uh, House, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't think it deserves to have a pinball machine, period. Right now, I don't think it does. I, I think it kind of, yeah, I think it's... Yeah, Past a 1978 bits. film, uh, a comedy. Well, we're well past needing to farm this era for content. I it was held together. I've seen the movie; it's yeah, fine. It's good, you know, it's a John Landis film. Uh, but it was held I, together by Belushi. Let's not kid ourselves. Yes, and well, arguably, I I'm going to say it. Chris Farley was a better John Belushi. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> Get out of here. Animal House isn't strong enough. Sorry. Oh, the boomers gonna be angry. Are we boomers, Dennis? Maybe we're boomers. No, we're not. We're too young to be boomers. When do we become boomers? <laughs> we don't. We become the hated. You might. I don't know what you are. I'm a Gen X. You're probably Gen Y. You're not my boomer. You're my Generation X. I don't know. The millennials just like all of us. I, I think, think I'm because we took all their. We took all the good jobs. I think I'm a millennial. Are you? No, I'm you're not, not. I think I'm the first millennial. Well, yeah, you may be a millennial. We know what the millennial. Which was? What are the new? What are the people just now like graduating high school? What are those called? Gen C's. No. Gen going to Oppenheimer by without no. dads. Oh. That's what they're called. They should be called Gen memes. 
I still call Genies. on my son for that. Mm. When he gets references and things, I'm like, nope, you're not allowed to because you've not seen that piece. You've not seen the film. You mm. only know the memes to Just know the film. meme of the so film, you, yeah. Don't you even act like you can talk about the shit. Pisses me off. What is it with shortcuts in kids nowadays? Oh, always wanting to take the shortcut instead of the journey. Fucking hogwash $800,000 pinball machine. Stupid animal house that doesn't even have video. American Pinball, what do you got? Well, Nap Arcade says that they have He-Man and the Masters of the Universe license. That makes sense. It's a fucking toy. <laughs> Hot Wheels was a toy. And aren't they the same toy developers? I think I remember two years ago being like, hey, guys, if they made Hot Wheels, don't you think they kind of have an in with that company to get He-Man? Do you remember that? So this is not surprising at all. Do you think He-Man and the Masters of the Universe is a good license for pinball? I do. Yeah, I think... I think it has potential, uh, you know, good, good nostalgia, very famous, very famous toy line, mm-hmm. obviously had a, had a cartoon associated with it. But what if this is the Dolph Lundgren live action movie, <laughs> right? What have they got those? Did you ever see that one? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. I've, I've only seen the memes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's so, so bad. It's, it's. It's interesting, though. It's weird. It's a weird take on You know, He-Man, but, but crazy enough, Dennis, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, a little bit before my time, actually. I didn't hmm. really grow up. I yeah, think that was no, like 83. Yeah, that, would, that would make sense. I had He-Man toys. Um, yeah. You, so you would be a bit young for it. I was born in 84, so I started understanding toys. And it's not like they kept rerunning this stuff. I mean, once it was dead after two seasons, it was kind of dead. You got the toy line and such, uh, and the movie, animated movie and stuff, but... Now, I I had some of the toys just for toys' sake, but they were hand-me-downs probably for my cousins. Uh, but, yeah, I, I didn't. I, I was Ninja Turtles more. I, I didn't. I think it was right. right before yeah, me. well, those kind of came up in popularity in the late '80s, so yep. that would yep. that would make more sense. That Whereas five, I yeah. think uh, you know I'm I don't know when He Man came out. I think exactly. it's '83. I, maybe the cartoon. I meant like. I think oh, the okay. development on the toys dated back to the mid seventies. Oh, okay, well, that makes because sense. Um, I think Mattel was trying to do something based off of Star Wars after the first Star Wars movie came out, mm-hmm. and then um, because those were really successful, Mattel was trying to find some something else that would you know be able to influence the toy market, and mm-hmm. so uh, that's sort of the, I guess the the underpinnings of when He Man was was manifested, but. Um, but the thing is, He-Man has also stayed relevant. So yeah, '83 was, uh, I guess, the what the animated TV series. That's when that came oh, out. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, so maybe that's around when the toys finally launched. But so because yeah, I remember in the mid '80s, I I had some He-Man toys. But they did. Um, but they've still done stuff. Like there's a CGI reboot that came out a couple of years ago. I did hear so. So He-Man's still kind of like Ninja Turtles. It's still in the cultural zeitgeist. Like they still make stuff. There's a Turtles movie out in theaters right now. Well, apparently it's been reviewing extremely well. Yeah, but I think that He-Man, Master Universe only work under one strict rule, and that is it has to be the classic toy line and animated series for those two seasons. That it's not going to work like a Turtles would from a different gender. It will not work. The only way mm-hmm. it works is very focused niche in that one situation. That's it. Well, you know, I thought it worked out with... Uh stern's turtles game to focus on gen one turtles and that's fine and that's fine but and and the younger crowds will still be able to identify what those are i don't so. think that that works they don't the have any money so who cares what they think that he-man works i don't think that works mm. has to be that or nothing kind of like sonic the hedgehog even with the relevancy of the new sonic films and stuff i think it works eh, maybe not as strict but it works best 
for just that almost Sega Genesis like eight bit kind of thing. That's it. Mm. Don't give me the animated series. Don't give me the film series. Don't, no, nope. Same with same with Mario. Another new story this week: Spooky Pinball Code update for Scooby Doo. This week we get the Daphne mode, as well as I. I put this in here because I'm so happy about this. The Mystery Machine Mech sp- sped up for the subway shots. This is one of my complaints, uh, and Greg Bone from Straight Down the Middle. One of our complaints after the first impression was, "Man, it would be nice to speed that whole process because that feels like a, a stop and stall there." So there are even so there was some updates in this newest code to speed that up, as well as suggestion that more improvements are going to come, and they're focusing on that as well. Also get settings, saving updates, bug fixes, general bug fixes, etc. I do appreciate that Spooky Pinball continues to build upon. Uh, this game people are loving it more and more this game is in a really good place i think and i do love their media outreach and they're doing streams and and gameplay videos and such so nice when are you installing the code still have it now i I don't know the last time i played pinball in my game room was it's easier now you just got to update it usb but i don't i don't anticipate myself doing that anytime soon Mm -hmm. that's what i was afraid of i'm so busy these people are busy. I'm so busy, Dennis, that it's going to be hard for me to even go to sh- shows this year. Are you going to any shows? Uh, not for this year, no. Oh! I'm done. TPF was my last show of 2023. Oh, man. Speaking of, this is a segment we're going to call it, It's Showtime. And it's going to be exclusively to those pinball show club membership mem- club membership. Allow myself to introduce, introduce myself. <laughs> club membership members in the ships <laughs> go over to patreon.com slash the pinball show sign up today at the lowest level you sign up and you get the goods that is private discord boom we're chatting in there about some of the private content boom you get that as well exclusive content only for subscribers it helps us out a lot here at the pinball show and it's very appreciative it's the lowest level you get all that stuff the second level the nordman level you get some swag. You get to pick topics for the show. You even get the Hangout Monthly Live Hangout that has been increasingly, it's just going better than I ever imagined. I look forward to it each and every month. Yeah, those are fun. And the last one, they're always very hearty with discussion. So much so that I'm like, did I discuss that on the show? Didn't I yet? So get the goods there. And then the big levels, the Screaming Goat level, which we're going to thank those members here in a second. But that level gets you all of that stuff, additional swag, the paywall polo shirt that everybody wants. You get to be a guest on a future episode of The Pinball Show. You also get one-on-one private conversation with Dennis and I about all the rumors and giblets. It's all there. I just lick them. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I'll lick it anyway. But in this next segment, for those subscribers of the Pinball Show Club, you're going to hear Dennis and I talk about not only Yegpin that happened over a little week ago. That's kind of boring, right? Southern Fried Gaming Expo. Yeah, sure, that happened. Uh, but another little rumor tidbit that, Dennis, I keep hearing that would shake up the entire industry and how we view conventions and shows moving forward. It's a game changer if it becomes true. And a lot of the truth that's already out there public about maybe the biggest show in our industry, a lot of people don't even know about. We'll discuss that as well. It's showtime. We got to thank our Screaming Goat Club members, Dennis. That's right, we do. Which one do you want us to thank first? Should we thank... The 
let's do Colin. Oh, you're a castle, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And in, in honor of our, of our wizarding oh, ways, I figured man. he was the prime candidate. Oh, uh, we can't forget the one, the only Frankie, the Falcon. Love you, Frank. We'll never forget Pinball's Bradley Cooper, Rob, the Panther, Snarl. Or even Mr. Woom Woom, protege himself. Bumblebee! <laughs> Steve! Thanks for the support, Steve. Joe Fox, I'm coming to visit you. Thank you for the support. Charlie Bell. Ding dong and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I talked to Charlie this last weekend. What were we talking about? Venom. Oh, no. He messaged me about something shipping and then apologized because he was like, oh, shit, you're on vacation. Sorry about that. I'm like, no, I don't. I'm fine. I'm not on a roller coaster right now, so we're, we're all good. Oh, the OEM shaker. David. Thank you for the support. I saw this past week on social media. Did you know Dave's part of a uh, part of a band? No, the Shaker. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if he plays percussion. <laughs> that would go along with his shakiness, and none other than Mister Rodney himself. <laughs> Surprised I didn't hear it at the demolition derby this last week. Going to shoot that fucker. <laughs> oh, shoot that fucker! Thank you, uh. Bobcat. I'm wanting that next member. I've got it primed. There is, there is one, two, or three different ones that would fit very nicely into my arsenal here, Dennis. All right, Dennis, it's that time mm. that we discuss what's trending in the marketplace. People can try to copy it. They can try to d- build brands around it now, but it, it will not stick. It'll never stick. Why? Why do you think it won't? The only thing that's going to stick... Oh, my God, this car... I heard. Rumble, rumble, that's Demolition Derby car. <laughs> Demolition Derby! I hope they didn't hit my Corolla. That's right. Watch that's out. like the Spider-Man power wheel <laughs> of, of the driveway. That kid's ear, man, got so smoked. It's just stock. Leave it alone. He just started crying, and everybody was like, kill him! <laughs> Get that fucker! <laughs> Little bitch is crying! <laughs> You're not my son. I disowned you. <laughs> He pulled like a Daniel Day-Lewis and just sent him to the orphanage while he was making money off his oil blowing up. Oh, wow. oh that is a, oh. No, that, that's a movie that will probably never get a pinball machine. I would love it too. Oh, you went deaf, mm, kid? There, there little will bit be of a, blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there won't be sound. And you I, can- I, can't, I can't wait for the <laughs> I eat steak while drunk in my bowling alley hurry up. I'll drink your milkshake. oh my gosh uh yeah so i don't even know where i was at where were we going oh yeah we were getting ready to launch market you can't you can't do this people you can't replicate this it's cute that you try anybody's talking no it just can't be done i don't care if you've won twiffies or not it's it's just it's not your bag baby it's ours and it will always be here on the Pinball Show, what we know as Pinball Market Trends. <laughs> pinball Market Trends this week trending up is the king of machines. The hot dog in the hallway. It's Godzilla Premium. <laughs> I can't picture Godzilla without a little green dick now. <laughs> Just a little bitty guy. Because I'm overweight. <laughs> It's cold in Tokyo this time of year. No, it's not. (laughs) It's a heat wave over there, too, Godzilla. 
It's how you use it. That's all. But it's the king of the machines. It's trending up this week because dealers are caught up on everything. Uh, I'm even caught up. We thought Foo Fighters were going to make a run for the whole mm. Godzilla thing, right? Well, nope. Well, no, I not really. But right. we 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 haven't seen it in God. We haven't didn't see it in James Bond. We didn't see it in Rush. We didn't see. It. There was a number of games. Foo had the best chance. It did, and it shot off like a rocket ship. And it's still uh, one of the most popular and still sells cr- like crazy. But believe it or not, it's still Godzilla Premium uh, that that reigns supreme. That's still the most sought after game. That is still the one that people ask about if it's back ordered the most. It's still the 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 only one right now that we are back ordered on with a list list. We have a couple food premiums still waiting, uh, but still a, a nice little handful of Godzilla Premium people waiting. We're almost caught up. That's why that November December runs really going to help out. Uh, and I would say the caveat to that would be Elvira right because they're not making it much deadpool because people have been waiting over a year so but godzilla premium is still the one to beat and i don't think it's going to be beat until maybe possibly the next elwin that'll be the resurgence uh, of Mm. the next i'm going to call it blockbuster pin release can we i'm going to say godzilla premium is the definition of a blockbuster pinball release I guess, except, you know, on paper, when you're doing like your little box check thing, like we talked about on the oh, Venom yeah, episode, but Dennis, yeah, it would well, never have checked the theme box. That's another you. episode. We're going to go back and maybe look okay. at the checking of boxes. Okay. Uh, okay. Training up this week is also the, the, the box system checking. I think we made a great case on episode 133, the Venom episode of a new system we're working on, still in the working phases, but to, to decide how big of a hit or if a game will be a hit from a sales perspective. But trending down is none other than that poor Stranger Things Pro or Premium that you've got in your game room right now, listener. I'm sorry, numbers don't lie. I only report what Brian Eddy snickers about at shows. And that is that we may be seeing a Stranger Things uh, rerun coming in pinball uh, later this year. What is he talking about, collectible cards? (laughs) I don't think so. I, I, I'm starting to think that might be the November run. And I think they'll probably, to keep the value up, they'll probably limit that run as well and not rule out the possibility of running again next year. I think that's where we're at. Stranger Things Pro and Premium is on the downside now. The one that you've got is not as sought after right now. Not until November comes. And if it doesn't happen, then we can go back to valuing them high. And don't get me wrong, they're still high right now, people. Stranger Things Pro is going to run you on a secondary market for a used unit, eight and a half thousand to ten thousand dollars. Premiums still thirteen and a half to fourteen and a half thousand dollars. They're still way over uh, what they were priced brand new, so they're still retaining their value. But overall, you're not going to see those values go up. And I would argue that you're going to see them fall at a higher, more rapid pace than that of the typical uh, softening of the marketplace from now till the end of the year. Boom. That's a market trend for you. And deal of the week, deal of the week. You want to save some money? Bye, bye, bye. Look, this is for the pinball show. I love you people. So I pull in my distribution company, Flipping Out Pinball, and I want to give you guys a special offer for this week's deal of the week. Just got a notification, Dennis, that I've got a bundle of Haggis Pinball Fathom Revisited Mermaid Editions coming over. Mermaid! In a plane, baby. I ain't going to wait 10 months for this thing. It's coming over via air freight. And I had one open up. Uh-oh. But am I going to jack up the price like everybody else on Pinside 10000 plus? No. 
And it goes back to our argument, Dennis. Guess what I'm selling this new-in-the-box Fathom Revisited Mermaid Edition for? $9,999? $9,000, just like I did when they came out. Bye, bye, bye! I'm not going for the extra dollar here. We're just selling them for whatever we've sold them to our other customers for. Not marking up the price or anything, even if it warrants it. So the first person that emails me at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at flip the letter in out pinball.com can save all kinds of money and still get their brand new Mermaid Edition from the most recent run from Haggis Pinball. You heard it here, the exclusive dealer of Haggis Pinball in the States, Flip Out Pinball, and that's your deal of the week. That's a good one. They're just a bunch of water babies. Pinball Bounty, Star Trek LE. I needs it, I wants it, but I'm not like paying anything for it, people. I'll pay you what they're worth, but I'm looking for one. Dolly Parton, you find me a mint one, home use only, I'll, I'll pay more than, than you could imagine. Same with Radical and Congo. Oh, I'd like to have a Congo. Not the Congo. Dun, 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 have you ever been to Congo Land? Dun, 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 dun. Hey. No. Dun, 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 dun. No. Hey. But I have seen Amy, and she is not a bad gorilla. <laughs> oh, no. Hippos. That's right. I drink your milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, I'm just here to report the facts, even if they are obscure, because numbers don't lie, neither do I, on Pinball Market Trends. Cue the eagle, baby. And the Falcon. All right, Dennis, where can people catch you? It's easiest to email eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com. Oh, nice. Should they sign up to Patreon right now? If they want to. Yeah, it's patreon.com slash the pinball show. You can email us at the pinball show at gmail.com as well. Sign up, follow, like, and subscribe to Facebook, TikTok. Uh, jump in that Discord. All you got to do is become a member, an official member, and we'll start chatting in there. Follow, like, and subscribe to SDTM video series on YouTube, as well as supporting our sponsor of the Pinball Show, the one, the only, your dealer with the most, Flipping Out Pinball. When I buy my pinball shit, I buy from Flipping Out. From toppers or play I've got it figured out. Flipping Out. Product showcase this week is American Pinball's Hot Wheels Classic. They just got off the line, and I've got a couple of them still available. So for those of you who have been waiting for them to make Hot Wheels again, they're ready to go. We also have a plethora of different titles and different games that we can add to your collection today. Go follow us, uh, the Flippin' Out Pinball, on Facebook for the most up-to-date inventory list or our website flippingoutpinball.com but we've got avengers premium and pronoun stock foo fighters get the game that everybody loves get it today with free shipping i hear wait and see wait and see wait i hear that all the time instead of wait and see how about freight is free huh the plan wow. yeah, i hope huh? you didn't sit there too long for that it one. wasn't I, but it was quick i might have went online and found the the rhymes with c yeah mm. uh, they can't all be gold, my friends. Iron Maiden premiums and pros. Jurassic Park premium. Rawr. Pre-owned, uh, what else? I got some pre-owned games too. Go check it all out. Godfather Ellie. I think we just got in some Godfather Ellie. One or two pre-owned ones. So save a lot of money there. Alien LVs. James Bond. 60th anniversary. Pros, premiums. Star Wars home editions. Led Zeppelin pros. Feed the children. They're hungry. They've got TBIs from demolition derbies, traumatic brain injuries. Mm -hmm. Buy accessories, buy shakers, flip out with friends with Joel every Wednesday. 
Yes. TPN last week, we had some good episodes uh, podcast-wise. We actually, because we didn't really talk about for the Venom episode, we didn't really go over anything that was from our episode 132 onwards. Yeah, it was so a weird special. In terms of that, I mean, we had Pinball Party Podcast has had a couple of episodes. They had the episode 36, which was the reaction to Venom. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then just recently... Uh, episode 37 dropped, which is back with uh, Rachel and Kale, mm-hmm. along with Jason, going over a variety of topics in their No Reason titled episode. Mm-hmm. Very and then uh, we also saw Final Round had their Beasts episode, which talked a lot about Centaur. Oh, with the, yeah, the game yep. creator himself, Martin Robbins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And then we had uh, Triple Drain Pinball Podcast episode 40, which was their deep dive on Venom. Oh, yeah. And we also had an episode of Pinball Innovators and Makers podcast drop while you were on vacation about Pentastic. Yeah. Very cool. So quite a few things have come out. Ooh, is Pentastic dying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> As a reference to, to subscribe all to those the Patreon subscribers. Yeah. <sighs> Something's dying. Somebody's not going to make it off this island, Dennis. Well, I guess that wraps it up for this episode, Zach. And I just ask the listeners to remember that you're a wizard, player one. Now shoot around and explore this. No, don't don't look too closely at those characters. Just just shoot around. Shoot around and enjoy $800,000 of floating stairwells no, and lit no. candles and banquets. And always practice safe pinball. And if you're a billionaire and you've got the cojones to put your child into a Hot Wheels and let them get mangled by other children with bigger Hot Wheels. And you've got the money and the know-how to do it right and not hogwash it. Don't disgrace this industry and give us potato face Daniel Radcliffe. I'd say I'm back. Are you back? I'd say say you're back. I I am an assassin agent. Kill my fucking beagle. Whoa, there's enough dogs under this bus to bark up the world. Pop quiz, hotshot.